Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. The last two weeks, we have relentlessly attacked a key of D-flat major harmonic workout and a key of D-flat major melodic workout. Now, our harmonic workout, as it always does, explored four different approaches to voicing the chords found in the key of D-flat major, plus various rhythmic comping patterns. Now, our melodic workout, as it always does, methodically tackled the scale, modes, and arpeggios for each of the chords in the key of D-flat major, plus various linear lines to help develop improvisational vocabulary. Now, those of you who have been faithfully doing the workouts know firsthand that the workouts require a ton of work. But as always, as always, when you practice correctly, the proper skills, the proper approaches, the payoff is always huge, always significant. And how do we test the development of our skills? Well, there's no better way to test our improvement than by playing a tune. And that is exactly what we are going to do today. So today we are going to discover a popular jazz standard from 1930, an absolutely gorgeous ballad, Body and Soul. We are going to learn the chord changes, the harmonic function, musical form of Body and Soul. And we're going to play various voicings and correct chord scale relationships for Body and Soul, which will be cultivated into a jazz solo. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are, in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself a seasoned and experienced professional, you are going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring the jazz standard, body and soul, to be very beneficial. But before we dig in, as I do each and every week, I want to take just a few minutes to welcome all first-time listeners to the Jazz Piano Skills podcast. If you are indeed new to Jazz Piano Skills, I want to encourage you to become a member. I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. All you got to do, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the plethora of jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you to use. I'm laughing because sometimes I use words that I, plethora. In other words, there's a lot of educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you as a Jazz Piano Skills member. Now, as a member, the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs that I develop for each and every weekly podcast episode are available for you to utilize. Now, you should absolutely have these podcast packets in your hands as you listen to this podcast episode. And of course, you should have these podcast packets sitting on your piano when you're practicing as well. Now, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the Sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses, all of the courses using a self-paced format. There are educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations, and all 12 keys of the jazz panel skill being taught. There are play-alongs and much more. As a jazz panel skills member, you have a reserved seat 
in the online weekly masterclasses, which are in essence a one-hour lesson with me each and every week. Additionally, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the online interactive fake book, which grants you access to jazz standards from the great American songbook, like Body and Soul. You can enjoy lead sheets outlining the chord changes. They're lead sheets that outline the harmonic function of each tune, chord scale relationships, play-along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, and much more. The Interactive Fake Book is an ever-growing collection of tunes, of standards, that you should absolutely discover, learn, and play. You also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, have access to the online Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, just general jazz piano forums as well. And last but certainly not least, you as a Jazz Piano Skills member have unlimited, unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support from me whenever and as often as as you need it. So once again, just visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities that await you and how to easily activate your membership. Now, there are several membership plans to choose from. I have no doubt there's one that is perfect for you. But nevertheless, once you get to the site and you poke around, if you have any, any questions, please let me know. I'm always happy to spend time with you and answer any questions that you may have. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play the great 1930 jazz standard, Body and Soul. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, the last two weeks have been pretty intense with our key of D-flat major harmonic workout and our key of D-flat major melodic workout. Our harmonic workout, as always, an extensive exploration of four very specific approaches to playing sound harmonically, playing chords. And our exploration was not simply about playing the seven chords found in the key of D flat major. It was about how to successfully approach voicing the chords so that you're playing sounds that are stylistically correct, sounds that sound like jazz. So we looked at basic block shapes and root position and inversions, traditional left-hand three-note shell voicings, contemporary chordal voicings, again, three notes, and, of course, two-handed voicings, two-handed shapes as well. All of them, all of these voicings need to be in your arsenal, right? They need to be at your fingertips when playing. Now, our melodic workout was a thorough investigation of ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion through each of the seven chords found in the key of D-flat major. Now, our primary focus was to begin developing root independency by shifting entry points of our scales and arpeggios from the root of the sound to the third, to fifth, and the seventh of the sound. Now, needless to say, if you've never intentionally played scales and arpeggios varying your entry and destination points, then the melodic workouts are challenging, no doubt about it. So, the whole point of our key of D-flat major harmonic workout and our key of D-flat major melodic workout, the whole point is to prep us for applying our skills to tunes. So here we are. Today we're going to take the practice approaches that we have explored over the past two weeks and apply them to 
body, and soul. And not only are we going to put our harmonic and melodic jazz piano skills to work within a jazz standard, we are going to use our jazz piano skills to construct and play a jazz piano solo over the chord changes of body and soul. So we have a ton to get done today. The educational agenda is as follows. Number one, we are going to explore the jazz standard body and soul, the chord changes and harmonic function. Number two, we are going to discover, learn, and play various voicings for body and soul, blocks, traditional shells, contemporary shells, and two-handed shapes. Three, we are going to discover, learn, and play the chord scale relationships for body and soul. In other words, the appropriate ascending and descending scale in arpeggio motion. And number four, we are going to discover, learn, and play a jazz piano solo for body and soul using 100% diatonic scale and arpeggio motion. We're not going to use any notes outside of the key of D flat. And we're going to focus on various eighth note patterns, especially the eighth note triplet. And number five, we are going to be using a standard jazz ballad tempo of 70. Okay, so if you are a jazz piano skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now, as always, hit the pause button, and I want you to access, download, and print the illustrations and the lead sheets, your podcast packets, right? Now, again, you have access to all of the podcast packets, and again, you should absolutely be using them when listening to this episode. And of course, when practicing, if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and so on, then be sure to go directly to the jazzpianoskillspodcast.com website. That's jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download your podcast packets. And you will find the active download links within the show notes. And then one final but extremely important note that I mention every single week because it's so important. If you are thinking that body and soul and the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play, if you're thinking that these skills are over your head, then I would say to you, sit back, relax, continue to listen, and continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. All skills, every single one of them, are over our heads when first introduced. And that is precisely why the first step that we always need to take in order to improve our our musicianship and our jazz skills, the first step is always listen. So do not shy away from conversations discussing foreign topics or using unfamiliar terms. I know it's uncomfortable, but do not shy away from these discussions. Stepping outside of our musical comfort zone spawns significant musical growth. As you've heard me say a million times, if you are a regular listener, all musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs physically in your hands. So sit back, listen to this podcast lesson, exploring body and soul to discover and learn. The play will come in time. I guarantee it. Okay, now with your podcast packets in your hands, I want you to grab the Lead Sheets podcast packet, and you will see that you have 11 Lead Sheets 
within this packet. I want to walk us through these right now, each of these lead sheets, and then we'll explore them in depth here in a moment. So skill one, we're going to look at the lead sheet. There's chord changes. Skill two, harmonic function. Skill three, block voicings. Skill four, traditional shells. Skill five, contemporary shells. Skill six, two-handed voicings. Skill seven, ascending scale motion, root entry. Skill eight, descending scale motion, root entry. Skill nine, ascending arpeggio motion, root entry. And skill 10, descending arpeggio motion, root entry. Skill 11, the solo. And again, the solo, if you look at it, it's using all diatonic scale and arpeggio motion throughout the entire solo. And we'll talk more about that when we get to skill 11. Okay, so that's your podcast packet. So now let's take a look at skill one. Skill one is your basic common lead sheet that you will find uh, in various books, jazz collections uh, of body and soul. And you'll see here that it's just the chord changes. I have it broken out into four sections, all with uh, labeled A, B, C, and D. That Those are rehearsal letters. That does not, those letters do not indicate the form. The form of body and soul is what we call A, A, B, A. Section A and section B, if you take a close look at that, you'll notice that the chord changes are basically the same, right? Really, the only difference are the last two chord changes in section B, which take us into our bridge, into a different key center. But section A, section B, 100% the same chord changes, as is section D. So there is there are our A, A, and A section, right? Now, Letter C is what we call the bridge or the B section. And this is a standard form, A-A-B-A. Also, probably the next most common form in jazz, A-B-A-B. And yes, there are other forms, of course. But the two standard forms that you see mostly in in the Great American Songbook are A-A-B-A or A-B-A-B. So just taking a glance at these chord changes, right? There are a lot of chord changes in body and soul. But if you just take a glance at these chord changes, the first thing you should be kind of zoning in is look at those dominant chords. I always like to find my dominant chords, which are always pointing me to specific key centers. But then I also like to look at how those dominant chords are treated. And you can see here, a lot of altered dominant chords in body and soul. Okay. The other thing I like to take a look at is how is the tune starting? Is it starting on the one chord, the two chord? How, how does the start song begin? Six chord? This case, body and soul, we start on the two chord. And you'll see that we end the last measure of the piece. We end on that D flat major, which tells us we are squarely in the key of D flat major. Okay, that B flat seven, flat nine, flat 13, you see at the very end there, that's a little turnaround that takes us back to the beginning if we are going to repeat the form. Okay, so skill one is your basic lead sheet with the chord changes that I am using today for body and soul. One other thing that you'll see I want to draw your attention to in letter C or rehearsal letter C in the bridge. Take a look at measure two and measure three of the bridge. <laughs> right, You have chord changes moving on every beat within the measure. Okay, so... I don't even care if you're only going 70. When you have changes moving that quickly, you better know your voicings. 
So we will take care of that today as well. All right. So now I want to draw your attention to skill number two. And skill number two is another lead sheet, but now instead of the chord changes, you have the harmonic function. I'm using the Roman numeral nomenclature here to denote harmonic function of the uh, song, body, and soul. I like to call it the harmonic DNA of the piece. Okay. So this is worth studying. You know, I when I look at a harmonic function lead sheet, again, one of the very first thing I zero in on, where's all my two, five, one progressions? Where's my two, five motion? Then I'll expand it from there. Where's all of my circle motion, whether it's moving two, five or some other type of circle motion, okay? I also look to see any chromatic movement that I need to be aware of. So these are just some of the little tips that I use um, when I'm looking at a har- when I'm studying a harmonic DNA to help me kind of get a, a feel for the landscape of the song. So uh, this type of lead sheet, playing from this type of lead sheet is so important for the development of your ears because it denotes, it illuminates the relationships between the chords. Chord changes by themselves, they do not illuminate the relationship. Harmonic function does, and your ears want to hear harmonic movement, harmonic function, a one chord going to a six chord, going to a two chord, and so on, right? This is what our ears lock into. So I cannot stress to you enough how important it is to be able to have a harmonic blueprint, harmonic DNA in front of you of a piece, and to play from that to help you really digest the song thoroughly, harmonically speaking, and to help you uh, get the song in your ears for ear training purposes. All right. So I always like to say, you know, if you're looking at skill one and you're seeing those chord changes, you should be thinking Roman numerals. And when you're looking at Roman numerals, you should be able to think chord changes. Right. So skill one and skill two, you know, on the surface look very, um, you know, like they're not all that important where they are very important. So spend time with skill one and skill two studying both of these lead sheets. Okay, so let's move on to skill three, and here's where I introduce the block voicings for you. And on the lead sheet, I have notated the block uh, voicings and the invert the root position and inverted shapes that I would be using, the inversions that I would be using when playing body and soul. Now, of course, when you're playing through these chord changes, there may be an inversion that you prefer or sounds better to the ear for you. Fine, that's perfectly okay. Make that adjustment then. This is just uh, this is just kind of an example of how I would play body and soul if I were to use only block voicings from the beginning to the end. Okay? So what I want to do is I want to bring the ensemble in right now. I'm going to play through body and soul twice. The first time through, I'm just going to play the chord changes. And again, I'm not going to do anything fancy. I'm just going to play the chord changes as notated here on the lead sheet. I'm not even going to apply anything rhythmically to the chord changes. I'm just going to play the chords because I want you to hear these voicings. The second time through, I am going to place the melody on top of these voicings so that you can hear them in context. Okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Then we'll talk about it. Here we go.
nothing wrong with using block shapes. And I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts. Uh, This is all I knew for the longest time. When I was learning how to play, these were the shapes that I knew. In fact, I didn't even know of any other voicings. I didn't even know any other voicings existed. These, These were it. And I played many, many gigs playing these type of voicings and playing the melody on top of these these voicings, many gigs, and it sounds fine. So my point is, is if that is if this is where you are right now with these voicings, perfect. Celebrate. It's fantastic. Continue to get these under your hands and in your ears and get comfortable with these shapes because not only are they great for voicing, but you'll find that they have a profound impact on your improvisation development as well because we turn harmonic shapes into melody. All right? So celebrate these blocks if that's where you are because this is a great place to be. Now, let's take a look at scale four which introduces the traditional left-hand shell voicings. These are our 379 and 735 shapes played in the left hand while you play the melody in your right hand. Now, these shapes, obviously, we have one less note. The blocks are using four notes. We're eliminating one of the notes using a three-note shape as opposed to a four-note shape. So, of course, the voicing is going to be a little more transparent, not as dense, right? These are beautiful, beautiful sounds. So I want to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play just as I did with uh, the blocks. I'm going to first time through play just these shells in my left hand. Nothing fancy. No rhythmic variation at all. I'm just going to play them as written on the lead sheet. Second time through, I will bring the melody in so you can hear voicings and melody together in context. Okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. And we'll go from there. Here we go. Thank you. 
nice, right? <laughs> right? I love these traditional shells. They're beautiful. And again, these should be in your arsenal. Now, one point I do want to bring to your attention, I, I'm demonstrating these voicings today as if they all enjoy uh, autonomy, right? In, in other words, when you play blocks that I'm playing all blocks in one example, playing all traditional shells in another example, contemporary shells in another example, and then two-handed shapes in another example, right? Ideally, all these shapes get mixed and matched together, but we're keeping it, I'm keeping it really clean and tidy right now because we're learning these and studying these shapes. The reality is, is when I play, I'm drawing upon all of these shapes throughout a tune when I play. But for learning purposes, we do want to keep it clean, tidy, and separated when studying and practicing these shapes. Okay? All right. So now let's take a look at skill number five. These are the contemporary, what I call the contemporary shapes. These are chordal shapes. You can just take a look at this right away and see that, wait a minute. We don't have thirds going on here. We have fourths going on here. These shapes are built primarily on the interval of the fourth, which gives us even more of a transparent sound than the third, right? So I want to play through this. Now, just as I did with skill with the blocks and with the with the traditional shells, first time through, going to play just the shells as written on the lead sheet. Second time through, bring the melody in on top of these shells, Okay. Now, one other thing in your lead sheet, you'll see that there are some voicings, as was the case with the traditional shells, where I used a two-note shape. That's not a typo in your lead sheet. Sometimes I will drop down to a two-note shape, maybe just using the seventh and the third, especially if the melody and the voicing are tucked up right next to each other. Okay, so pay attention to that as well. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen to Body and Soul using contemporary shells in my left hand the first time through, second time through, melody added. Here we go. Check it out.
love it. <laughs> right? What a great sound. Absolutely love these contemporary left-hand shells. All right, so now let's take a look at skill six. These are our two-handed shapes. And once again, I play, my voicing system utilizes a five-note structure. I play two in the left, I play three in the right, always. So you'll see, just looking at this lead sheet, you'll see always two notes in my left hand, three notes in my right hand. And so I'm going to play these shapes again, as I've been doing with all the examples today. The first time through, I'm just going to play these two-handed shapes um, as written on the lead sheet. Again, nothing fancy. The second time through, I'm going to continue to play these leads, these voicings as written, but I'm going to play the melody using a trumpet, a muted trumpet, kind of a Miles Davis sound. Uh, so that you can hear how these voicings support an instrumentalist or a vocalist when playing behind uh, another musician, okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check out Body and Soul with our two-handed voicings and uh, first time through, and then the second time through, the melody being played with a muted trumpet sound. So here we go. Let's check it out.
pretty darn cool, right? So once again, right, you have your blocks, you have your traditional shells, you have your contemporary shells, you have your two-handed shapes. You want to study these uh, voicings independently, right? You want to keep it nice, like I said earlier, clean and tidy. The reality is when you when you go to play, you're going to be drawn upon your entire arsenal when you play tunes. You're going to be playing blocks and traditional shells and contemporary shells and two-handed shapes all mixed together within one tune. Beautiful, right? But when learning and studying them, again, I cannot stress to you enough, keep it clean, keep it tidy, separate them out, and practice them as I modeled for you today. Okay, so now I don't have the time to go through skills 7, 8, 9, and 10, which outline our ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. And in your lead sheets, they're all notated from root entry. But as you know from the melodic workouts last week, the melodic workout where the entry points change to the third, to the fifth, to the seventh, for ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion, the same would apply here when practicing body and soul. I would utilize the exact same approach. Once I have my chord scale relationships in place, then I would practice those chord scale relationships from various entry points and moving to various destination points. Okay, if you have any questions, just let me know. That's skill seven, eight, nine, and 10. So I want to jump to skill 11, and this is the solo. Again, if you take a look at the lead sheet, everything you're seeing in front of you is 100% diatonic movement that coincides with the chord scale relationship. So in other words, I'm not playing any half-step approachments. I'm not playing any enclosures. I'm not doing anything, any fancy-smancy outside playing. Everything is 100% inside, right? Okay, so the other thing I want to draw your attention to, a lot of triplets. That's what we've been focusing on the last couple of weeks. That's been the kind of the rhythm that we've zeroed in on with our D-flat harmonic workout and our D-flat major melodic workout is this eighth note triplet. And you can see just looking at the, the solo here, quite a few triplets are laced throughout the entire solo. There are other eighth note patterns to be aware of in there as well that we've explored in our workouts. So this is going to be a lot of fun, right? So I want to bring the ensemble in right now. I'm going to play this actually three times through, kind of like I would if I were out performing and playing a gig. I want to, first time through, I'm going to play the head. Second time through, I'm going to play this solo. And then the third time through, I'm going to state the head again, the melody. Okay. So let's sit back. Let's relax. And let's listen to this gorgeous 1930 ballad, Body and Soul. Here we go.
absolutely love this tune. It is gorgeous. A lot of chord changes. Not an easy tune to learn. It's not an easy turn to tune to play, but it's well worth your investment and time and time and effort and energy uh, to, to learn this beautiful, gorgeous jazz standard, body and soul. Well, it never fails, right? We have unpacked a ton of information here today within the hour as we do each and every week with each and every podcast episode. And today, body and soul, absolutely no different. As I do with every tune study, right, I, I want to model for you how to begin truly learning a tune and how to connect the what and how you are practicing to the actual piece of music. In other words, how, how do the jazz piano skills that we've been exploring over the past couple of weeks and practicing, how, how do those translate into real playing? And of course, I'm kind of joking when I say real playing, right? Because real playing is actually having a command of jazz piano skills, right? Our scales, our arpeggios, our voicings, chord scale relationships. Those are, that is real playing. And, and that real playing allows you to eventually add a melody. And once we add a melody to our jazz piano skills, there's usually a title attached to it, like body and soul. And now we have a tune. Everyone's happy, right? We have a title. We have a melody. We have a song. So I want you to think about this. If, if you are unable, if you are unable to apply your, your practice approach to, to the learning of tunes like we did today, then I would say to you that you need to sit down and seriously examine the what, why, and how of your practicing. And another way of saying this is if the tunes you are playing, if in the tunes that you are playing, you do not see the jazz piano skills that you are practicing, then you have a disconnect between the two, which is not good. You've heard me say this many times as well, and on many different occasions, that harmony and melody are one and the same, and indeed they are. But I can also say that jazz piano skills and tunes are one and the same, which indeed they are. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that if you do not practice jazz piano skills, and then and if, if you do not practice jazz piano skills, then you will not be able to successfully play tunes. I, I mean, that's, I can't even be, I can't even be more honest than that, right? If you do not practice the jazz piano skills, then tune study is going to be very difficult. So hopefully you are beginning to see that jazz piano skills are tunes and tunes are jazz piano skills. The only difference, one has a, has a name like body and soul and one does not. But if you are beginning to see jazz piano skills as tunes and tunes as jazz piano skills, then you are definitely on the right track. You are on the correct path. Congratulations. I said this in previous podcast episodes as well. And I want to stress it again today that if you hang in there with me this year, as we go through all 12 keys, you are going to experience a ton, a ton of jazz piano growth. And you will love where you are musically a year from now. I guarantee it. So once again, use the podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets to guide you, right? As you heard me say over and over again too, conceptual understanding determines physical development, right? So invest time and study in mapping out the voicings. Use that illustrations podcast packet. There's plenty of worksheets in there. Map out those voicings and map out your ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion from various entry points. 
These are jazz piano skills that are absolutely essential. And as always, I mention this every week too, as always, be patient. Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time. So begin structuring your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode, and you will begin to feel, you'll begin to see, you'll begin to hear your musical progress. I guarantee it. Oh, wow. We have, man, this has been a fast lesson, fast hour. So I hope you have found this podcast lesson, Exploring Body and Soul, to be insightful and, of course, extremely beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Panel Skills member, ensemble member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode, exploring body and soul in greater detail, and to answer, of course, any questions that you have about the study of jazz in general. Be sure to use those educational podcast packets, your illustrations, lead sheets, play-alongs for this podcast lesson, And be sure to use the Jazz Piano Skills courses, the curriculum, to maximize your musical growth. Always, I want to invite you to become an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get out there. Get involved. Introduce yourself. Contribute to the various forums. Make some new jazz piano friends. Always, always, always a great thing to do. You can always reach me by phone, 972-380-8050. My extension here at the Dallas School of Music is 211. My email address is drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. That's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or you can use that nifty little speak pipe widget that is laced throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website to send me a message that way. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the classic, beautiful standard body and soul. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.